0: and welcome to What The Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. I'm your host, Chrissy Grody, and today, switching it up a little bit. So as you know, if you're a long-time listener, well, I guess even if you're not a long-time listener, you you might have just started listening and you know, I have foregone the snippets, the Wednesday release of the podcast that was really just kind of a chance to connect, touch in, talk to past guests about what they've been up to. We would run through our same three questions like we always do, favorite workout, thing you want to talk about, and a wild card. And I have made the very difficult decision to step away from releasing Wednesday episodes for the time being. I'm I'm really hopeful and confident that that sounds so uh, con- contradictory, hopeful and confident. But that's, that is how I'm feeling. That I'm, I'll bring the, episode, the Wednesday episodes back. Where I am right now, um, just in my personal life, in my work life, I'm going through it. I'm really, I'm really going through it. And on the personal side, just kind of some big life changes that I'm not ready to share or talk about yet. Um, I will, I I've known for a while since, since things started to kind of shake up that I would want to talk about the experience that I'm going through on the podcast, but I'm just, I'm not there yet, but no, I'm just moving through a really heavy and difficult time. It's, it's, it's not easy for me on top of that. Of course I am, I, I think I realized today really just completely burnout at work. And when I think of like what the definition of burnout means is like just that there's no end in sight, that you're just working and working and pushing and and kind of grinding through and there's not an end. Like you hit a wall and you just go up over that wall and it feels a little daunting and helpless. And that's where I am with work, unfortunately. And I want to talk about my recent travels, I was gone for about 10 days and I was really hoping I was going to come back from that time away, which I did not work at all. I went into it, like I brought my work computer thinking, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to have to touch in? you know, towards the end of the trip, I'm going to want to get out, get in and check my email and, and I was feeling guilty you know, at, at the start of the trip, it was okay because it was fresh and started over a weekend, so I know I wasn't missing much. But then, as it went through the week, I was feeling really guilty about not working, which is insane and just such a marker of our wor- our work culture here in the U.S. Of that, I have paid time off. I am allotted this. Like it, <laughs> I'm allowed to take vacation and not work during it, which is. It should not be a novel concept. But I think what we're, at least me and, and my experience, I, I kind of had to work through that and was like, no, you don't check. You, everything is fine. And even if it's not fine, someone else will figure it out. Like you're not that important. You deserve to take a rest and break from work. And, you know, I have teams in Australia and they are the opposite of Americans when it comes to work culture and vacation. Like they will take 3 week vacation and their out of office is like I am out on vacation from July 1st to July 21st. I'll talk to you when I get back. And my out of office is like okay, you can reach this person, this person, this person. It, it here's my cell phone number. I'll, I I'll have limited access to email, but like let me know. And it's just it, it I think is what absolutely contributes to this burnout. Feeling. And so I was thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm having, I have six days off of work, right? I was off a Friday and then I was off a whole next week. I have six days off work. I'm going to come back. I'm going to feel refreshed. I'm going to be able to like jump in and feel good. And that feeling disappeared pretty quickly on, so I'm recording this on Wednesday for the Friday release. Taking a break right now, actually, from work. I like blocked my calendar. I'm like, I got to do, I got to take care of something really important in the podcast. I just had a delicious breakfast of an egg and avocado toast. So I'm feeling good. I'm feeling energetic. But what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So when I came back, recording this on Wednesday, yesterday was Tuesday. I worked a 12-hour day. I probably have another, you know, a 12-hour day ahead of me here for Wednesday, which feels daunting just thinking about it. And so moral of the story is I, I don't, I did not feel refreshed and like ready to jump back in, which I think is a, a telltale sign. So all of this to say, it's yeah, it's been a little nutty for me. But I did want to make the time to 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 pop on and without a guest and and just kind of let you know where I am, what's going on. I really appreciate. I got so many sweet understanding messages from listeners when I announced I wasn't gonna release a snippet for a while and it just really warmed my heart. The community was so great. Everyone was like, take the rest you need, like take care of yourself, like do this for you. Because I had, again, this fucking guilt that's just lingering in the background, this historic Catholic Catholic guilt that I experienced. I don't know if it's Catholic guilt. I think it's just a societal pressure to do everything and be everything for everyone kind of guilt. But I was, you know, feeling a certain type of way about not releasing you know I had this like well I made a commitment to people and you know I I need to fulfill that commitment I made a commitment to myself that I was going to do this and there's a lot of back and forth but but ultimately I think it was the right decision for me and for what I need right now again not going to be forever this this leads me to a point though I wanted to talk about before I get into my travels which I want to tell you guys all about um everyone on the internet, right, is talking about Simone Biles backing out of the Olympics because of her mental health, which is rightfully so, I think, a topic that everyone should be talking about. But it was really interesting, the experience that I had, you know, hearing about this and reading about this, you know, hearing sound clips that she, you know, she was like, I'm, I'm just feeling really stressed and I don't Think it's going to be best for me to continue to compete, you know. And my first gut reaction, which I think is really telling about where I am and the work I have to do on myself, and I am not proud of this. My gut reaction was, "You are it's the Olympics, like you push through, like almost like like put your stress aside, like you are competing on a world level. You are a gold medalist." like of course it's going to be difficult and stressful like of course there's going to be this pressure like that's you have to just push through you know and i stopped myself in these thoughts and i'm like this is exactly what's wrong with our culture around mental health and why everyone's talking about it because i'm the perfect example of of that ingrained thought process that like well we don't don't pay attention to how you're feeling or or what's going on with you, just do it because you should do it or you think you should do it or you have an obligation or or whatever it is. So that it was like a, it was a pretty, I mean, I knew this about myself. I knew this about myself that I have been in the habit and have the pattern of turning off all kinds of cues when it comes to physical, emotional, mental, whatever, and just like pushing through and like wanting control and, and, and you're not stopping to, to take a moment to feel. And I think it like just really comes back to like being vulnerable with yourself and just like kind of admitting like, Hey, I can't, like, this is not gonna work for me right now. Like I can't do this. And that thought, like even just saying that out loud, like gives me gives me a lot of anxiety like admitting that i can't do something or or not being able to do something i don't know this is a good so so i'm a i'm a type of person that needs to process things out loud like to other people it's like i i process information by by sharing it out i like heard this on a podcast recently and it really resonated with me. And I was like, oh my God, that's how I am. And I've always been this way like from from the very start of any kind of ability to share like in a social media kind of way. Like even before there was Instagram, before there was Facebook, um, we had like live journals. Anyone remember live journals, Zangas, like shit like that, where you would like make a little website and then basically you would just like type. Whatever it is that you wanted to, and I would just like document my life in a written form, like what I did on the weekends, who I was with, whatever, and like publish it out and put it in my AIM profile as a link so people could read about what I was doing. Like everyone, like no one gave it, who gave a shit? Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's just just telling if who I like. I need I need to talk out loud and, and process it. If if it's just me. I don't know that if I, I really get to like the core of what I need to get to, which I think obviously that's like how therapy is, but it's even more extreme for me in that like I can't just share with one person. No, I have to share with anyone listening to this podcast, anyone following me on any social media platform. I don't know what that says about me. I'm sure someone could do some probably deep analysis. It goes back to also what I had mentioned during quarantine, how I felt just like a shell of myself because I'm like Tinkerbell. Like I just need someone to clap for me. I just need, I just need like, like a (laughs) to say I need an audience sounds really terrible, but I don't know. I just need to like, I just need like the bounce of energy from other people to, to understand what's going on with my own self. So this is good for me to kind of be be talking through this. I think this is all very much interrelated though of like what I'm experiencing right now with work and just like this push through. But I just, I almost feel like kind of backed in a corner. Like, of course I would want to be like Simone Biles and say, no, I'm stepping away from the Olympics. I'm stepping away from a gold medal because it's not good for me. But I just don't see that possibility to, to go to work and say, I have to step away, mostly because I have to work because I have fucking bills to pay and and whatever, and health insurance and 401k, blah, blah, blah. But then to just be like, okay, no, I can't do it. Maybe it's like the admitting that I can't do something that's hard. I don't know. There's a lot here. There's a lot to unpack. I clearly have a lot to work through. But I would be interested to hear other people's reaction to Simone Biles stepping away from the Olympics. I, I mean, I think over what everyone's saying on the internet is they're applauding her, which they should. Very positive, and I agree with all of this. Like, and this is why we need these type of conversations and and people in the in the public eye who have a lot of pressure on them and seemingly, you know, a lot at stake to kind of make these big moves to to demonstrate to us all that it's okay. But did anyone else feel like that? Was anyone else like, bitch, it's the Olympics. Simone Miles, you're not a bitch. I very much admire you. But you know what I mean? Like, just you got to fucking do it. I don't know. I'd be interested. Maybe I'm like just on an island on my own. I I would love to hear from everyone. Okay. So enough about me now. More about me and my travels. So I went to Tulum, Mexico for four days I've been I've been wanting to go to Tulum pretty much ever since I saw an Instagram post about it and and I'm sure we all by now have seen Instagram posts about Tulum it's like this beautiful jungle environment like tree houses and lots of uh, thatched roofs and and woven shit uh, lots of tans and brown colors there's also a beach, there's lush greenery, there's also motherfucking bugs and spiders and scorpions. There, we I saw two tarantulas, two humongous tarantulas. Now, thankfully, they were both dead. They were squished in the road. But, but think about this. I was in Tulum for only four days and I saw two tarantulas squid. What if you lived like if the odds of running into a tarantula are probably very high. The first night we were there and we stayed in this gorgeous Airbnb, if you're not following me on Instagram, at Chrissy Grody, I don't know what to tell you. It's a I, you can look at my hot hi- my Tulum highlight reel. If anyone's thinking about planning a trip. Tulum highlight reel. We'll give you a really nice overview, some good places to check out. So it was our first night at the Airbnb and we had a private chef come to the house. Okay. But really quick, let me just back up and give you some context of, of, of who, who went on the trip. So originally we were going for Betsy Wecker, past guest, Betsy Wecker's birthday. Uh, her, so she kind of planned this trip, right? She, she, invited her people. So, you know, I was invited and then she invited two of her, uh, very like long-term old friends. They've been friends for like years and years. And then Savannah Think savvy, DJ Think savvy past guest. And I had never met the two friends before. You know, we got like a brunch before, but, but I didn't know them. And, and I'm all for that. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll go travel with with anyone and have a great time. Um, But, you know, thinking through this, right, Betsy, this was kind of like, Betsy was the glue that was holding us all together. We were there to celebrate her birthday. We got the private chef as a birthday surprise for her. And then turns out Betsy couldn't come on the trip because her passport didn't come in time. This is also a PSA. Passport bullshit is at like an all time high? I don't really understand what's going on. People like all of a sudden are trying to renew because they can travel again, or if things are like on a backlog, I don't know what it was. She was she needed to renew, got lost in the mail, rigmarole. She couldn't go. Seriously, seriously tragic for her. So it was an interesting dynamic, right? Because now you're we're kind of traveling with people we don't know, and we're in a foreign country, and we were supposed to be with a friend, but. It ended up just, it was a really amazing and wonderful trip, and it, you cannot have a bad time when you're there at all. So we're at our first night in the Airbnb with the private chef, and the, the Airbnb kind of like the first floor opened into this back space with, with a a dipping pool and just these gorgeous tall cacti and a spiral staircase and just lush greenery everywhere, I was like, can go on and on about this, this aesthetic. It was just so pleasing. And so I'm sitting outside, like at the table and I was on the phone. And so I'm sitting down I like, get up, I walk around the chef who was there, like walks out as he's going to bring the table outside and into the inside. So we can eat inside, it's hot, whatever. He goes, Oh, it's a scorpion. And I like drop my phone I'm like, what? Right where I was sitting on a little cute tuft, there was a baby scorpion. Now, uh, you know, that freaked me out for a minute. Then they say baby scorpions, they don't even have like enough strength or whatever to puncture your skin yet, but I don't care. I was sitting next to a baby scorpion. I see this huge ass spider in the corner. Anyway, all to say, Tulum is gorgeous and amazing. However... They've got some serious insects because you're in the middle of a jungle. Also, not very many paved roads yet. It'll be really interesting to see Tulum in five years. Every corner, there's like gorgeous luxury high-rise condos being built. There's construction happening all over the place. The, The town of Tulum, like on the strip of the beach, like on the beach. It's just like one long street, one long strip. That's where all the hotels are, all the restaurants, all the, all the bars, all the clubs. It's like South Beach on steroids. It is a party town at night. They they have an 11 PM curfew right now because of COVID. So everything shuts down at 11 bumper to bumper traffic, like getting out of the strip at 11 PM, like you cannot move. Um, So, I mean, not to deter anyone. It was fine. You know, our our Airbnb was about 20, 30 minutes. I think it took us an hour to get home the one night, though, because of traffic. Um, But if that kind of, you know, freaks you out, you're like, I don't want to deal with it, then I do recommend staying on, like, the main strip at a a hotel so you're close by to everything. But you then really lose the experience of, like, having a house. Ours was, like, a villa. And you're kind of, like, in then what feels like – I mean, it's still, it, it's very minimally commercialized around the area where we were. A, a cute spots that you could walk to within like five, 10 minutes, but also like shacks and like stray dogs and people selling tostones and tortillas and whatever out of carts, fruit out of carts on the side of the road. So it did feel like a, a more authentic Mexican experience versus if you're on the main street, like it is It is Instagram reality world. It is like you stepped into a West Coast influencers Instagram feed. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Everyone there is really young, really attractive. I mean, as a 33-year-old, I think I was one of the oldest, oldest people there. I know that to be true because the the kind of first full day, Savvy and I went to a, a day party on the beach. They have like these... Beach clubs, pools, like party music, beautiful scenery. You can rent like a day bed. You can rent, you can have a table. You can, lots of different options. So we got kind of like a day bed, which sits on the beach. And, you know, we're making friends. We're bouncing around. We're party. We were there for 10 hours. We were at this beach party for 10 hours. Um, so I know I can hang with the, the best of the 25-year-olds. We were partying with these 25-year-olds from Miami A couple of the girls were like 21, 23. And you know someone's young when they ask you how old you are. Because like now I'm not going to fucking ask. If I meet someone, I'm not going to ask them their age. I don't care. It doesn't matter. But to them it mattered. So they're like, how old are you? And I'm like, well, well, kids, I'm 33. They were all shocked, of course. Like, oh, we thought you were 25. You look to be about 25. I'm like, well, that's all that matters. And I'm going to fucking out party all of you. So there you go. It was really fun because I, I kind of, in that environment, then I act like a sage leader, like a sage wisdom leader to these young kids. And so I'm just like dishing out life advice. They're lapping it up. They're like, oh, what, what is it like to be older? You know, just like shit like that. Talking about work. I'm like talking, just drunk in Tulum, in the pool, giving a leadership summit conference on what it's like to lead global teams. Like this is This is what you get when you're partying with me. In Tulum, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you some value for your time, right? But not too much, because then I'm gonna have to start charging you. But that was fun, me. Coconuts on the beach, right? Like you see, there's just, there's just people pacing the beach, selling anything that you want: coconuts, weed, uh, jewels, co- uh, bathing suits, ne- necklaces, for anything that you can imagine. They're just walking up and down selling. So it's very nice and convenient, to be honest. So that was a really, really fun night. What did we do after that night? No, we just, we stayed out all day, all night at that beach party. And then the next day, oh, the next day, Savvy and I um, went to a Mayan clay spa. This was again, kind of in the main, the main drag, but the spa is just, it's just like you're plopped in the middle of a jungle, little huts everywhere, we got a. We booked a couples massage. It was Savvy's birthday, but we booked a couples massage just because we wanted, you know, have the tam- same time slot or whatever. So we're in this like hugely romantic little area, like two massage beds, a couch. It's like situated high up in the trees, and they in ninety minutes. Ninety minutes. So they give you a full body massage with just like lotion or oils or whatever it is. And this woman was like starts on my shoulders. And she spent, I mean, probably fifty minutes alone, just like working my shoulders so much to the point where towards the end it was, I mean, it doesn't, it, it does not feel good. She's using like her elbow. It's necessary, right? I hold all my tension in my shoulders. She is really going to town. So, so I'm, I'm like tender to the touch after. She's like mucho tensión. I'm like yeah, no shit, mucho, mucho. So then after the kind of massage part, I mean, they're still massaging you, but they bring out this Mayan clay and they cover your entire body, your hair, your face. They just, they just coat you in this clay, which is supposed to be like healing and good for your skin, whatever. It was pretty fun. It was a very, um, a unique experience that I've not had before. So then following the massage, you just like wrap yourself in a towel and go down To the showers. And the the shower is just like a fucking trickle, trickle, trickle. So you gotta spend 20 minutes getting the clay off of you. I still had clay in my ears for like three days later. It's just impossible to, to get it all out. But it was really lovely. It was really nice. And then we had just like a delicious, uh healthy lunch on the beach at the real coconut. I don't know if anyone's heard of this, but there's one in Malibu, and there's one in LA. And it's all like vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free—you know, the whole nine-yard type of type of deal. I have never eaten so much coconut within four days. Like coconut milk in my coffee, fresh coconut, coconut pudding, coconut ceviche—just so much coconut. But it's like when in Rome, right? You gotta just really like lean into the experience. So, what did we do after? Oh, okay. So, then it was, so like I said, it was Savvy's birthday. So, we had booked a dinner at this really, really fun dinner spot with like, it's like a party dinner spot. There's sparklers, there's lively music. Everyone is just, the energy is so high. It's so fun. You know, they bring out, if you order a bottle, we've got like a bottle of wine and they bring it out with the sparklers. Everyone's dancing on chairs, tables. ugh. God, I just fucking love it. Thriving, thriving, thriving. It's so hot and humid. Like the hottest hum- most humid climate I have I have ever been in. So much so, I'll talk about Charlotte, but when I went to Charlotte after, which is like 90s in Charlotte, it's really hot. It felt like a like a spring breeze compared to Mexico. So hot. But you're just like constantly glistening. You absolutely have to wear your hair up. There's no way anyone's wearing their hair down and it looks good. Or if you have just like gorgeous, naturally curly, frizzy hair that it can like work for that. But no, it's just hairs up, glistening with sweat, your sun kiss, you got the sparkler. So the lighting's just so good. All your pictures look great. It was a blast. So we did that. And then the next day, the last full day that we had, um, we went horseback riding in the jungle. So we drove like an hour and a half to Playa del Carmen, Playa del Carmen, Playa del Carmen. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. Closer to Cancun because that's the th- that's the thing. It you you fly into Cancun, but it's another 2 hours drive to get to Tulum. I just heard last night I ran into someone and they said they're they're building a train that's going to go from Cancun to Tulum. So that's going to be really nice. That'll be really convenient. So we go this is this uh one of the other girlies that were with Betsy's friend is an avid horseback rider. She she's kind of been around horses her whole life, and so she wanted to do this. And I was like, Yeah, fuck hell, yeah! So it's this um, ranch, I guess is what you call where horses are, a horse farm. I don't know, horse farm doesn't sound right either, but a spot for the horses, and they're all rescue horses, which is really which is really sweet. So we had two tour guides: one that spoke Spanish, one that spoke English. The one that spoke Spanish. Uh, is a bull rider. And if you just see this guy, he's like wearing a cowboy hat, like belt buckle, cowboy boots, like very strong, silent type. He's like leading us through the jungle on these horses. Really, really nice experience. I will say though, like you're away from the beach so you don't have any breeze. You are in the thick of the jungle. Lots of bugs, lots of mosquitoes. I put on bug spray, doesn't matter. Came home with no less than 15 bug bites. And I'm looking at my hands now. Like I had three on one hand, one like by my wrist, one at the top of my hand, and one on my a knuckle. They are still there. I was itching the one on my back still. These mosquitoes are like a different, different breed of mosquito. But it was great. We caught we saw cenote. So cenote's are these like naturally occurring kind of like water holes. Uh, Yeah, they're just like kind of like big open spaces where water is just like throughout the jungle. I I would have really loved to go to like a big cenote because people, you just like kind of jump off the side. You swim around. It's beautiful. I I did not get to do that this trip, but I will be back and do it the next trip. We got to see a smaller cenote and then the horseback ride ended with uh, a, a picnic like I have never seen. They put up like this mosquito netting, didn't help, and had this huge spread of fresh fruit. Like I've had fruits that I don't even, I don't know what they were called. I had never had them before. At this point in my life, I was like, I've had all the fruits, right? I've tried passion fruit. I've had dragon fruit, papaya, mango. No, there were fruits that I had never tried before. I also, I just like lived off of fruit. Oh, so good. Fruits and then a, a cheese platter and then wine. I I mean, I have no words. It was truly magical. It was so lovely. So what did we do then? We headed back to the Airbnb. And then that night we were going to um, a restaurant called Setley. And this is like off the main drag. And it is super, super authentic kind of Mayan Mexican cuisine. So the kitchen... You can see the kitchen. It looks like a, just a regular house kitchen. You know, maybe a, a, another, a couple more ovens, it like one extra oven. But it's just set up like a regular kitchen and this woman just cooks the food out of this kitchen, cash only. It, the, the, the decor, everything is just really cool. So I highly, highly recommend that restaurant. If you want a break from like the commercial kind of Americanized Tulum, and you want to get like a, a, a very authentic, delicious experience setly. It's called C-E-T-L-I. Yeah, so that was great. And then the next the next day we, we headed out. So I left the Airbnb at 8 a.m. And I arrived in Charlotte at 8 p.m. So it was a full 12-hour day travel. There's no direct flights from Tulum to Charlotte. So I had to stop in Orlando. But... It was a long day. It was a long day. But I I went to Charlotte straight from Mexico because the 21st, July 21st, is the anniversary of my brother Joe's death. And so my mom's in Charlotte. My brother's in Charlotte. My sister drove up up from Columbus. We wanted to be able to spend the week together. Um, And, you know, third year this year. And, you know, it's always it's always difficult leading up and the kind of the anxiety and the anticipation around it. I was really happy. I got a lot of kind of mindful, quiet moments in Tulum where I could, you know, reflect and think about him. But but this year, in my opinion, it was like the best celebration of his life that we've had yet. And you know, of course we cried and of course it sad, but there was just so much joy too, just with, with all of our family. And we just talked about him nonstop. We just shared so many stories. Like I heard stories from my siblings and my mom, like I had, I had never heard before, you know, and it was just like, oh, it just felt like such a great way to remember him and celebrate him and keep him, keep him alive, alive within our family so yeah, it was wonderful. We we had a full agenda too in Charlotte. I mean, we went hiking one day, we went to Lake Lure, which is close to Asheville. I don't even want to tell people about this yet. Like the whole time I was driving through, it's just this little town situated up in the mountains with a beautiful lake. I'm like, don't let anyone get a hold of it. Like I have not seen this on Instagram, but if someone big goes and posts this place on Instagram, everyone is going to want to go there. It is so beautiful. Just the I mean, it was like you were in the West Coast, like it was gorgeous. And so there's, there's a kind of really tall point that you can hike up. It's pretty much just like straight up. Talk about a favorite workout. Like it was, it took us probably like close to two hours, but the views are amazing. I was so proud of my mom. My mom hung with us the entire way. She was really trekking it, really pushing it. Uh, Yeah. And then we went to like a little like winery after and had a delicious meal and a flight of wine it was just such a lovely day. It was just really nice. And then we had a cook out of my mom's house and, and we cooked like our, um, so r- my dad's Puerto Rican, right? My mom married my dad. And when she married my dad, um, his mom, my grandma, my grandma Ida, my Puerto Rican grandma Ida was like, you need to be able to learn how to cook Puerto Rican food for him. And so my mom got really good at cooking Puerto Rican food. And so now when we're together which is like what I kind of grew up on in my very early years when my dad was still around and so we like made our the Puerto Rican meal rice and beans and tostones and just hung out it was very lovely and then the next day we went up to oh fuck I don't remember the name of it but it's like an hour maybe like an hour and a half from Charlotte again like up towards the mountains and you pay five dollars ten dollars something you rent these big, huge inner tubes. And you like start at the top of the mountain and you just follow this mountain stream all the way down for like an hour, two hours. You bring your fucking vizzies, which I'm on a vizzy kick now. I'm off a high noon. I'm off of White Claw. I'm on to vizzy. Really delicious. Bring your beer, bring your vizzies. You just float down the river. You can like stop at little sandbars and like hang out and play and just so relaxing. So nice. And I think from there, yeah, We I, then I went out with my brother and his girlfriend and my sister and her boyfriend, went out in Charlotte to like the hot spot of Charlotte, like the seen and be seen place and the DJ and everyone was having fun and it's summer and it's hot and it's just great. And then our last day, we rented a boat on Lake Norman and spent the day out there. I had just, I had a really lovely time. It was really good. It was good for me. Even though I kept saying, you know, I was just saying how I came back and it didn't feel like I got a break from work, but it was that the, my family piece in Tulum, like they were just—it was a really special memory, and really a really special trip that I will hold very dear to my heart and look back on as this kind of light in a dark, a dark time for me. Yeah, I think that's it. What do I? Oh, okay. So of course, with all the fun of vacation and the carefree spirit of vacation, of course you're you know you're you're not doing your normal routine. Of course you're not. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing routine about vacation. It's why you go on vacation is you get a break from your routine. But then the those kind of insidious thoughts of mine start to creep in, and you're like, oh gosh, it's been three days since I've done. an actual workout right like we're hiking yeah and I I worked out twice in Tulum on the rooftop you know just more as a way to like get my body moving and like be able to experience like the sunrise there and like sweating and it just like felt really good but I didn't really pay much attention to to working out. And of course, like eating anything nutritious, a bunch of, I got a bunch of high chews, some, some cool ranch Doritos. That was like a good a, a staple while I was in Charlotte. But then those kind of insidious thoughts did creep in, right? You're like, Oh gosh, I need to get home so I can, you know, get back to my routine and get back on track and go to work out and And I was just thinking my first day back, what's my first run going to feel like? What's my first workout going to feel like? Did I lose all my strength? Did I lose all my speed? Like all of those kind of anxious, um, I don't want to say silly, but they are silly. It's valid. It's a valid way to feel. But all that stuff kind of pops up and, and, and a part of it is... You know, really nothing to do with like, oh, I'm doing something wrong by going on vacation. But I do know how good it feels to like be in the rhythm of your life. Right. And you know how good it feels to eat healthy and to nourish your body and to get the proper sleep and to be working out like that, that something to take away from that. That's, that's real. That's why we do it. But, you know, I think that the kind of associated again, back to guilt, here we are back to guilt again that those thoughts are, are where it's like, hey, just like you enjoyed a, a week away and it was amazing and you had such a great time. I just spent all this time telling you how wonderful it was. Like let let that exist without these thoughts coming in of like, oh, you threw away all the progress. And it's not true. I, I got back on a Sunday night and Monday morning, I was up I went to the Y to do my 25 minute run and I felt so good I was at the same exact pace and speed and whatever before I left. It it was so good to walk in there and see my familiar face at the front desk telling me, hey, (laughs) so I've been going there now enough that, you know, they, they recognize me. And I don't know who I am, but they recognize me. And I'm almost always wearing a hat when I go to work out or when I go to run so the one day I like walked in, I wasn't wearing a hat. And the guy's like, oh, almost didn't recognize you without your hat on. And you're like, oh shit, I've got a persona. I'm the hat girl. But no, it was good to see them. It was good to see my little cardio queens in my little cardio section. There's like two <laughs> women <laughs> that are always there at the exact same time that I am. One is on the treadmill next to me. And she she's... A, a, Honestly, every time I'm there, she is there. And she's just plugging along, running, running, running. And then there's another woman on the elliptical. But we're always on the same the same equipment. I'm on this the end treadmill, little running girlies next to me on the other treadmill, elliptical girly that wears always all black, a t-shirt and black leggings every, day, every time I see her, is, is behind me on the elliptical. And I was just like, oh, there's my people. There's my people in my little cardio section. Yeah. It was good to be back and get in. I, I went to see Johnny on the Monday I got back and he's like, we're just going to do volume. We're just going to flow through. It's going to keep you moving, get you acclimated. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. He said I moved really well, but I was, I was struggling. I, I feel like cardio is easy to kind of pick up again, but I do feel the difference in like strength. If you know, I took, I took 10 days off 11 days off technically. Um, Without lifting any weight, and it not it's not that I lost strength, but it, you know you just feel it a little bit. And I'm sh- nice. I told Johnny, I'm like, just wait, and you know you come back. You're fucking bloated. Of course you are. I've been drinking nonstop. I've had little sleep. I've been flying. I haven't had my water, and into- like, of course you're bloated. You're you don't feel great after that. I hadn't like gone poop in like however long because I'm a bad pooper when I try. It was just a lot. I told Johnny, I was like, just wait until you see me on Wednesday night when I come back in and I will, and I know I'll be back to my normal self within a couple days of in my routine, I'll be back and feeling good. And sure enough, here it is Wednesday and already I woke up and I'm like, here we are. We arrived. You were so worried about it. And here, and you, here we are. I feel, I feel normal. I could use, I could use a couple 12 hours of sleep a night, I think, to really feel back on track, but other than that, I'm like back in the groove, ready, ready to train for the race street open. I think I really fucking did myself in with with Lauren Nemroff's episode where I was talking too much, talking too much game and now I'm afraid. No, I'm just kidding. I'm really excited for that though. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. That's where I am. Look, I've already kind of feel like I've lifted my spirits a little bit. What time is it? Oh yeah. Got to get back to work now, guys. Um, again, I really appreciate everyone understanding. I'll be back with a guest, a very, very, very special guest next week. You're gonna love to hear from him. I'm not gonna give it away. Um, yeah, and then and then I've got some yeah some really good people lined up. Uh, I just appreciate you all, and um, felt good to to get back and reconnect a little bit. I kind of I I I really did miss miss doing this. So that's all. Share great review. Hopefully this is coming out on Friday. I'll see you at the girlies garage sale. Come out Sunday, August 1st to Performance House in Newport. We've got a lot of sellers. I'm getting rid of everything I own, mostly. So I think you could really find some treasures. One girlies trash is another girlies treasure. That's all for now. Love ya.